you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 15 of the Red Diamond Courier. How are you guys doing? I am your host, Bob Chichinsky. As always, joined with my good friend, Dog Bark 24 Dog, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good, man. Thanks for asking. And this week, we also have our other good friend coming back for his second round on the the uh, good old courier over here, Grammaton Dryad. Graham, how's it going, man? Good. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming back and chilling with us, man. We love having you on. So, this week with Graham, we'll be talking about all kinds of fun stuff. We have Dog's Hot Take of the Month. Every, of course, everyone's favorite. I don't know, maybe. And um, we also will be talking about all the info that you guys could be looking for if you have ever thought about making a hybrid build. Dog and Graham are both, um, I don't know, interested in that side of the game. So we're going to have them go over that kind of stuff. And yeah, of course, first we got our news of the week, what's going on in Tamriel. And although there's not much going on in Tamriel right now, we do have a lot coming very soon and released to us at least for the the patch notes and on the PTS. So Graymore is out on PTS. Everyone is out there doing their Graymore thing right now, having a grand old time. And um, as far as the patch notes go, we have all of them. <laughs> and of course, you know that we don't really like to go super into them while it's still very in flux. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of them and I would highly recommend going to check them out over on the forums under the uh, PTS side of things over there. But yeah, there is, man, I think they said it was like 50 pages. There's definitely a lot of notes and uh, I was pouring through them. I've still been going over and over them to see things I missed. Lots of changes coming, some good things, some bad things. And we will have a full patch notes for you guys. Patch notes episode for you guys coming uh, whenever Graymore comes. Hopefully probably end of May if it doesn't get delayed further. We will be mentioning some of the uh, the perfected weapon stuff. We will be going over a bit of that. Don't worry. Don't worry. We will give our opinion on it. And, yeah. How about uh, ESO Plus? Dog free right now, huh? You getting down? Not like you don't always have it. Yeah, I always have it. But, yeah, ESO Plus is free this week until the 27th. Um. So you can use your craft bag, or everyone has access to the craft bag, which is pretty cool. You can store all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, yeah, store all your materials. Do your uh, surveys. Get those materials. Uh, yeah, put them in there. Oh, you also have double banking space and double housing space right now, if you also don't normally play with ESO+. Plus. But be careful with your bank space, because you might end up being at like 480 out of 240, and then... Yeah, that'll just suck. Try and clean that out, cause I have trouble with 
cleaning out 80 spots and getting <laughs> eyes baked down to 400 out of 480. Yeah, that it could get pretty bad. That's a that's a good warning. <laughs> and then yeah, housing is also double. And then like eventually, uh, you just have double, and then you can't take anything else out. Yeah, or move anything up. because if you pick it yeah. up, then you can't even put it back down. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, so it be wary of that if it's not something you normally subscribe to, but it also uh go use the benefits of it if it's not something you subscribe to. Every DLC is unlocked for you right now outside the chapters. I believe maybe Morrowind comes with the ISO plus right now. Or by now. Not really a hundred percent on that though. But yeah, also Morrowind, Morrowind so and you get, Yes, you can also get your jewelry certification done right now. Nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, one more thing you could do is dye your costumes, and that will stay the same once the free trial's over. So you could look all kinds of fancy, play that Fashion Scrolls Online, one of Graham's favorite things to do. <laughs> yeah, but I call uh, Fashion Scrolls Online Barbie dress up. <laughs> that is very true. So I believe all three of us are constant subscribers to ESO plus right so I, I guess that's about as good of a billboard as we could give them <laughs> it's awesome yeah, yeah yeah and yeah if you guys haven't ever experienced it go do it fill up that craft bag like dog was saying we also for the first time on the red diamond courier have a birthday this week dog freaking birthday 24 happy birthday yeah. Happy birthday, man. Uh, Yeah, how old are you going to be, Dean? 21. Wow, oh my god, you're so good. Nap. But yeah, that is awesome, dude. Too bad the bars aren't open for you to go party, because I know that's totally your thing. But we could take him to his favorite inn and drink with the Undaunted. Oh, Undaunted, Undaunted, indeed. We are Undaunted. Any plans for your birthday, dog? Yep, so uh, since I have the day off, I plan on doing all my master writs to pass Bob and CP. <laughs> That's the gift that keeps on giving right there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, as far as uh, Tamriel, not a lot going on this week. I have been uh, having some time off, as we told you guys last time, and I've been questing like crazy, working on that Tamriel hero almost. Almost done with the AD, and then I'll only have the EP left. So, yeah. Uh, that's uh, what I've been going crazy on. Lots of questing, and it reminds me how good the stories are for the factions. Like, if you guys haven't tried any of them, I would highly recommend it. Especially if you have, like, any love for the universe or knowledge for the lore. Like, they're just very well written within the Elder Scrolls Online kind of universe and everything it's very well put and everything is it's good like ad i've been going through is very good uh dc is extremely probably dc is the best then ad eps is all right and very many quests so that one's gonna be fun that's next yeah i recall enjoying the um vanilla storylines especially the um the zone quests, as they recall, I used to refer to it as like the alliance quest line, the the quest chain that goes through each zone. Um, yeah, and I I agree with your guess in the ranking. I feel like DC had the strongest s- 
story that was like connected, but also had a significant amount of diversity. Yeah. Whereas um, AD, like Aren is extremely lovable, um, but it you're in Reaper's March right now, right? Mm. Yeah. And so like up through then, it's very much about Iren. And then all of a sudden you get to Reaper's March, it stops becoming about her. And it's kind of a weird like drop off or switch, but it's still very cool. And um, I've been hearts I barely remember because I feel like it was all over the place. It was kind of. Yeah, like, same. Like, that's the one I have a hard time remembering. Yeah. And that has the most quests in that one. As you said. So. Yeah, a lot, a lot of quests. But, but yeah, the AD one, it was, it was good. I mean, it was like like took you through like crowning the sylvanar and then like uh Grawood was like having iren go through like the orrery and that process and then there's the green lady and now you're like helping to uh choose the main and everything i was like wow this is like some really cool stuff and like it goes into a lot of the different races and their lore and like their backstory like well okay well how do the wood elves you know feel about this like how can they determine who is like you know rightful to fit the throne so you go through that and then like you know if you've ever been curious about the main then you could like go through that and like you talk to the first main ever is spirit and like there's just some really cool stuff and like knowing more of the lore it's like man this is really really well written really like seeded in the elder scrolls universe you could really feel it yeah that's a really good point i that's as you go through those different zone ones, they really give you a really neat kind of backdrop and look at each racist culture. When you go through like their zone, you get to see a little bit about red guards and Alakir, like you were saying, all the wood elf stuff, Reaper's March, you'll see a bunch of stuff about um, Khajiit. Um, yeah. So I think that's really cool. Even Shadowfen, which is like everybody's well, not everybody, but most people's least favorite zone, like has a lot of really <laughs> cool Argonian stuff, but yeah. Yeah, it does. They they do a really good job with that. And it's honestly a uh, big part of why Elder Scrolls is a leading MMO is because they have such a deep story everywhere you go. You can find a great quest pretty much in any region. In any region, including Cyrodiil, because they've got some great quests out there too. But as far as the state of Cyrodiil, this week has been pretty crazy for pvp and the crazy things going on are the leaderboards and they are uh, a little bit different than than usual or than you would expect them to be so for Greyhost right now we have the pcna being led by the freaking ad and i'm pretty sure that's who was leading last week but we only have two days left and they are carrying it on this could be a big win for the dominion so that's uh that's pretty crazy way to go dominion you know props for you guys if you guys seal it that's cool i think this will be the first time someone other than mnr has won since we started podcasting but unfortunately i have to announce that well, AD sits at 89,769. EP is about 1,500 back, 88,344, which leaves our DC brethren in last. 87,951. Not 
terribly far in last, but in last all the same. And with two days left, they really are going to have to dig because, unfortunately, we are not even holding them up in the uh, Xbox NA side of things. Usually, it seems, after the Covenant dominates a campaign, we seem to have a pretty bad month after, unfortunately. So we're looking at 17 days left for the console side of things. And we have the Evan Hart Pact in first place on Xbox NA, 48,000. AD in second, 37.8K, 10K back. Pretty large gap. And the Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately, in last, 35K. So pretty big gap even to second. Yeah, that's uh, things aren't going well in there right now, let me say. Uh we get pushed around this month, the blue. We it's it's getting rough. Uh Evan Hart is going hard in there right now and is still super laggy, unfortunately. But hey, we're only a few weeks off from uh from another maintenance update, so who knows how that's gonna go. Dog, what about on the EU side of things? Well no need to fear, because DC is dominating the entirety of Cyrodiil on the EU side. Oh, thank Talos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have a 50.3k. And then in second, like this is where they really pulled ahead. AD is in second with 35k. And then EP is in last with 29.6k. And then when I got on to like check the scores and all that, DC owned the entire math except for 10 resources in Cropsford. Wow. That is a substantial lead. Yeah, so safe to say that DC is probably going to win that. Probably going to handle that one. So (laughs) if we're winning one a month, then that's pretty cool. Yeah. So for PS4, we were unable to get the scores for you guys this week, unfortunately. But we will be back with it next week. And there's still 17 days left, so... Uh, we're missing one week, but it isn't the end week and we will have it for you next week guaranteed. And once again, our apologies about that. Lotus had some stuff come up. So, uh, well wishes to you, our friend hope all turns out well in that regard. And we will, uh, be excited to hear from you next week and hope that DC is leading, even though I think EP was leading last week. So dog, why don't I let you kind of take this and throw it in the oven or fryer or whatever place you're doing your hot take? I don't even know, man. But dog's hot take of the month, boom, let's hear it. So this was kind of just like in regards to the whole uh, VMA, VDSA perfected weapons and like all the negativity that I was seeing in, uh, on Twitter. So yeah, I saw a lot of like negative stuff and people complaining about their weapons and how they won't be automatically bumped up to the perfected version. So yeah, they are adding these perfected versions and they'll add uh, something small to it, which will which is good for min-max builds. And then this is just for like weapon damage, spell damage, penetration, crit, or recovery. And then another thing that I like to point out is like the game has changed so much since the launch of Orsinium. Rothgar. Yeah, so like the game has changed so much and you know, some of these people might have been using the uh 
uh, pet sword cheese build for VMA that kind of got nerfed with the when they nerfed the pets. So this is gonna be like, oh hey, uh, you should try a different version or a different type, or you should try a different build because the game has changed so much since then. And yeah, one of the arguments behind this is that like you need the best item or the best in slot to be a good player. And these perfected we versions of the VMA weapons, they're not magic. It's good for min-maxing, min but they're not magic. So if you're relying on the perfected version to be a good player, then you're going to have other problems, because that extra little damage boost or recovery boost is not going to make a big difference on the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and... Uh... I'm going to let me and Graham intrude on dog's hot takes before he gets um, flaming. But <laughs> yeah, as far as like uh, my thoughts, it pretty much kind of echoes dogged. But I mean, I do really understand. Like I get that people feel like uh, they've earned it and they've put in the time and, uh, it's a bit of a slap to the face to them. So, uh, yeah, I get that. And I'm sure that the people exhaust do too. But uh, to those people, I say, remember when they made Vet 14 to Vet 16? And we had to regrind everything in the game. Like, I remember that. I remember it. I remember crafting 160 stuff. All of a sudden, you needed like over 100 uh you know m mats to craft one piece of gear that used to be able to craft full set in so things changed really drastically back then uh they introduced transmute stations like you know there was people grinding vma back when they couldn't even change the trait if they got a staff so they'd have to grind for this freaking uh precise staff or whatever the whole, like, even if you got an Inferno staff, it'd be training, it's trash. So, you know, uh, and I'm sure those people are, you know, they're probably people who are also feeling this, like, how many times do I have to go through this? But I think that, like Dog said, <clears throat> you still have your weapon. They're not taking something away from you, and it's not doing any worse. They're not nerfing the current Maelstrom staff. So, my character is not going to get any worse. My VMA title isn't going to go away. My achievement on Xbox isn't going to go away. And I still have the staff that I earned and that I've been using gladly. So, like, yeah, I see both sides, honestly. And I think that for the people that are the most upset, they're probably the people who are good enough to do VMA. And I just... I'd send out my RNG hopes to all of you. I hope that if you're one of those people that's forced to go back in, you get the drop you want right off the rip. And even though I had some guy in Twitch tell me, well, dude, I need 18 staffs for all my characters. Cause I don't like to switch around. I was like, okay, okay. You know, I understand. I get that. And yes, that could be hard to get, you know, 18 staffs, clearly that's going to take 18 runs at the very minimum if you have, <laughs> like, you know, crazy RNG. So there's a couple different systems I think they could do, maybe like a, a way to upgrade it or something. I don't know. They probably won't. It'll probably come, you know, how everyone doesn't want it to be. But 
uh, I don't know. I think that it will be all right in the end, and that the players that need the gear will get it, and the people who don't, you know, aren't looking to increase their DPS by another 1,000 right now, you're probably going to be okay sticking with the same Maelstrom staff you have anyways, so it's your choice to, you know, put yourself through it, and, you know, down the road, you link your, uh, you know, Maelstrom staff, and someone gives you a hard time, like, oh, you just, you don't even have the perfected version, and be like, yeah, well, I did this when Maelstrom was actually hard, so, hmm, I don't know. What do you think, Graham? I think you summed that up very nicely, you know, nobody's losing anything, nothing's being taken away, uh, you, people that have been able to earn it in the past have been able to use it all this time to help them with other content, um, and ultimately, like, the, the big theme there is is choice options. Like, yeah, if you want the perfective, you have a choice to get it now before it wasn't even an option. If you couldn't do VMA uh, for whatever reason, now you can get one as an option. Like, all it is is increasing the amount of options and choices that we have in the game. Sure, it stinks. Um for anybody who feels slighted, but like you said, Bob, I mean, this is an MMO. It's an ongoing changing game. And unfortunately, sometimes to move forward stuff in the past has to get kind of, you know, not great context. And, you know, there's one of those things you work something really hard and there's a change that's better. You will be able to get a better version, but it's going to be at a cost, unfortunately, but it still doesn't negate anything that you've done and you've still been able to use the content that you earned the reward that you got for years so yep i'm with you i think you did a great job explaining and summarizing it nice man yeah and one thing that uh when me and graham were talking about this when the notes came out earlier in the week um one thing you said that i really liked is like well you know six months down the road it's the only difference it's going to make is it's going to be better. You know, VMA is going to be a better thing than it was prior to this. And, you know, once you filter out all the people who are upset, then, you know, in the grand scheme, long run, just like it was better. I don't know if that 16, that 14, I don't know if that was better, but just like transmuting was better in the long run, even though people were, some people were pissed about it when it came out much better in the long run. And um I remember you said like if you were a new person coming into the game after this change, you would think this is you know, this is awesome. This is how it should be. And um I mean, and there's a lot of people saying, "Well, that's not the problem. Like I don't mind people getting on normal, but mine should be better." And it's like, "Okay, but like those the people that are getting it on normal, they're the people that can't do it on vet." So like you can and you should like that's that's your trophy i guess you know the fact that you can do it it's still a small percentage of the 15 million players or whatever that have uh, played the game to complete vma yeah it's a very low number what is it like less than three percent or something so probably yeah probably so uh that's where me and graham are pretty both pretty aligned on this uh so, uh, dog, why don't you turn the heat to a thousand and, you know, keep going down your uh, hot take of the month. All right. So kind of like the second point of this is like, 
what does a VMA clear mean to you in the grand scheme of things? Uh, to yourself, or at least for me, like it's kind of just a means to an end. And maybe you're proud of yourself for completing that kind of content. You know, solo content. Solo content is pretty hard, especially since this game really isn't made for solo content except for like questing. So, yeah. I mean, me personally, I uh, I never enjoyed VMA, but I've beat it four times, and yeah. Now, one thing that I wouldn't go around is going around saying, oh, yeah, I completed VMA. Like, I'm not going to do that because I know each time took like three or four hours and I was on my healer. And yeah, I mean, I've seen people inside of dungeons. I've seen like Flawless Conquered, too. I'm like, oh, this guy should have good DPS, right? And no, they didn't have good DPS. Like, it, it was embarrassing on how on how low dps they were doing and that's kind of where i started to realize that yeah vma clears and flawless conqueror that isn't really something to brag about because all what that really shows is that yeah you can survive you are very survivable and that you have high survivability like it's not the same type of deal as like oh i could solo a world boss it might be the same type like oh i could solo a some uh harder dlc world boss but yeah. Also, uh, like the person who can survive with the uh, flawless conquer, they'd uh, be pretty good for like running three DPS in a tank. And but Mike Finnegan doesn't like that, and he tries to, you know, use mechanics where healers are essential, except for Depths of Malatar, because uh, Mike Finnegan he had too much skooma while he was doing the last boss of that dungeon, and he. Uh, messed up with the whole decrapify debuff that was just terrible terrible mistake and you know skooma it's bad for everyone oh another thing is like when i was doing vma I, I like content that makes me learn stuff and when i did vma the only thing that i learned from vma is how to do vma better like there's no mechanics that i really saw that would really uh kind of teach me to be a better player outside of VMA. And, well, I guess one of the only things that you probably have learned, which I have learned from a normal DLC dungeons when I get a fake tank, or a tank that doesn't have a taunt, is that you have to roll dodge instead of blocking heavy attacks sometimes, because, yeah, sometimes it'll still kill you through a heavy attack, especially if it's an ad. Which is another thing I don't get about uh, vet DLC or normal DLC dungeons is that the uh, heavy attack will kill you, but the mechanics won't kill you, and I just don't get that. All right, so uh, next up is like this is kind of like my uh, third point, and this is a uh, changing VMA, and I think the main reason why you should change VMA, maybe you don't change it completely, but you change it so you give people a reason to go back in there. To make it a fun experience and not to just grab weapons and never return again, which many people do. I mean, I'm quite frankly, like, I did it three times and I got whatever Maelstrom weapon I wanted and I haven't gone back because I uh, just didn't like it. And I probably still won't go back for perfected weapon for perfected weapons because I don't care about the extra damage or recovery that I that'll that it'll give me, so... The first thing that you, they could do is they could make it easier or shorter. 
which making it easier doesn't I wouldn't really want that. I prefer making it shorter because some of the rounds it's like, okay, this is easy. Just give you to the boss. They could probably take out those first like two or three rounds and be yeah, on yeah. hit. Make it three instead of like five or whatever. <laughs> yeah, same thing with Dragon Star Arena for that point. It's just like, okay, you get it. This is slow. And like the first two is normally like, they don't really help you at all. It's like they don't introduce any mechanics. Or if they do, it's very, it's like at the end of round two, maybe the end of round three for some of them. It's very interesting. And then this is kind of something that I'd like to see. Another option is to kind of make the uh, VMA similar to the other arenas. So Dragon Star Arena and Black Rose Prison. And either make it a four person and, you know, make the entire thing harder, but make it optional. So if you wanted to, you could do a solo or for a four person. And then the solo would be, you know, significantly easier than the uh, four man version. I really like your uh, your two person version you have here because that sounds like that could be something that actually might happen someday. Also, what's interesting with the two persons that you can do a bunch of different combos. You could do like tank DPS or like healer DPS or two DPS. Or there's probably a lot of different like strategic combos or something you can do there to uh, see how it goes. But yeah, it would need a little bit of upscaling um, to accommodate the extra people slash dps yeah i'm sure they yeah. could toss in a few more venom callers and you know dramora king guards throwing fire <laughs> everywhere and uh danger oh my god there's Dejoc. so many dangerous yeah but they're uh something guardians why is cement the word because it's something like that crematorial guardians Boom, nailed it. Those guys are, oh man, I wish I had a beat button right now because the words I have to say about those things. <laughs> so many wipes from that. Yeah, especially when they when you get like knocked off and they just, they're just right there waiting. But uh, hey, one thing, uh, having like a two-man would be uh, pretty good because like you have a, uh, you can have people who like will sell the chests, similar to like the VDSA in the Black Rose Prison, and they could make gold off of it. Oh, and another thing is, uh, you should it should give two drops no matter what. So if you solo it, you get two drops. I don't know why you want to solo it, but if it's the same difficulty and you can still solo it, go ahead, go for it if that's what you're into. But it'll be easier to tag a friend, maybe, or maybe it won't be. I don't know, but uh. Yeah, I even like the option where you were like you could do it solo or you could do it in like a two man. So you got to do like how it is now, or you could do the harder version, but you get to add another person. And then that way, if it gives you two drops in the harder one, then like someone could, like you said, like because I feel like they probably want to avoid people like selling chests and stuff. So you could have someone be like, yeah, I'll do carries. But, you know, that makes it a lot harder on them because they can't just carry. They're going to need that second person to do something because that version should be harder than VMA even is. It should be substantially harder if you have another person. So, yes, yeah, so like 
kind of like Black Rose Prison, but like as for two people instead of like one person or instead of four. Yeah, so that way you kind of eliminate people like, oh, well, I'll just run people through and sell my chest, you know, give them the weapons, you know. But it also rewards people who still do the normal VMA because they'll get a normal two drops, which takes out this really crappy RNG. It helps people alleviate these like people saying, oh, I've done VMA like 800 times, you know, like what the heck? It's like, okay, well, now we'll give you two drops instead of one. So you have double the chance of getting the weapon you want. Like, I feel like something like that could really help alleviate the current situation. Uh, two end game high DPS builds, like I think that they should be able to, you know, finish that kind of finish VMA like maybe like fifteen, twenty, maybe twenty five minutes because like here you still have to wait and for all the talking and all that instead of like you know normal. I think like the earliest like thirty five or forty minutes for a clear. So I think that uh significantly uh like lower the times make it a lot easier and a lot faster to farm those weapons especially if you do it with you know another person that has high damage as well and then as a as it sits right now vma is the only one of its kind and it's kind of pointless in the grand scheme of eso's end game pve content such as dungeons the four man arenas and trials because VMA is just an entirely different kind of gameplay, you know? There's, like, nothing else like it. It's the only one of its kind. VMA also is the only place where there are some enemies that don't have the flat 18k armor. Some bosses have half of that for physical and half of that for um, spell, which is really weird, too. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely did not know that. So, learn something new every day, right? Now, I do like some of your ideas, as I have said there. But I will play devil's advocate a bit, because some people just like solo content. Like, some people are here for Skyrim 2, and they would just want to play by themselves. And even outside of that... It's not the easiest thing for everyone to just get in these dungeon groups and trial groups. Like, you know, I didn't do a dungeon, a vet dungeon for four years, five years playing Elder Scrolls. Four, probably. Times are long, but, you know, it was years. And that's because I didn't play with other people. Like, I played with my girl. I played with the close friends we made. When I played with a lot of people, we are in Cyrodiil. We are in PvP. So, sometimes it's just, like, it's hard for people to do that, to get in those groups and, like, be that kind of outgoing. Like, oh, like, let me get in this group and play with these people and, like, actually talk and stuff. So, this, I, I think that the solo kind of thing is, like, a good option for them even though a lot of them probably still have trouble with it at least it's a place that they can go so there's not no place but um also i think that there is a substantial amount that you can learn from like just doing vma especially like struggling through it uh you know a time or two because like, when you spend, like, multiple hours in VMA on a single run and you're just, like, really struggling, it really does, like, help you, like, understand, like, really get in touch with your build. It's just you and your character in there. Like, that's it. You are, you have no one to blame. Like, if something's going wrong, it's your fault. 
And it's something like your build needs to be like worked on. And it might be something that you only need to work on it in a certain way for VMA. But regardless, it gets you thinking in that way. Like, how can I beat this situation? How can, what can I do with my build to change a certain, you know, uh, I'm taking too much physical damage. I'm taking too much spell damage. I'm taking elemental. I'm, uh, you know, have trouble with uh, survivability and getting away or, you know, all those kind of things, like, they come up. Like, the problems that you might not be seeing just uh, cheesing, you know, the pledges, you know, going to vet Blackheart Haven and I did it really good. Yeah, you know, you might not see these problems come up in your game style, in your play style. Then it helps you kind of... Uh, learn that kind of stuff and it well it might not be the most useful everywhere it can like it can help you improve your game especially like i i felt like i got really good with um like animation canceling and that kind of stuff while i was in there because i was really trying to have to get damage off as fast as i can in the slots the windows that i had open for like doing damage so yeah yeah, I could see how it could be a training ground for DPS roles. I mean, obviously the other roles, you don't learn anything DMA. But yeah, like you really have to, as you go through it and you struggle, you have to, all right, well, how do I how do I figure out how to mitigate damage or avoid damage? How do I make sure that I have enough sustain to do what I need to do? And then from there, it's just like, okay, now how can I be more effective at outputting damage? And And I think one of the, skills that come out of it is the many times that i think all of us and many people probably have is when everybody else in a pug wipes except you and you have to like kite and like whittle down everything else um that's that's where vma skills shine because that's what you're doing you're mitigating and avoiding damage keeping your um resources up so that you can continue to do things on your own solo um, so yeah, and I do like that it's an actual option for the solo player too. So that's a good point. But other than that, dog, that is a very spicy take, man, and one that I don't think a lot of people think of. Although there are probably people who, when dying many times, wish that they could have a friend in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely one of those people, especially since <laughs> I I can't get it under two hours. Yeah, when I was farming it, I got it down to like 50 minutes a run. And I once died, I only had one death. So that's how close I've been to a flawless. But of course, that's wearing, you know, Plague Doctor and uh, probably every other cheese set other than Ice Heart. I don't even remember what else I was wearing. Mother Sorrow or something. Yeah, Ice Heart. Oh, that was another one that, you know, got nerfed. So. Yeah, exactly. In the attempt to, you know, yep, help the cheese builds. Have both been nerfed since those times. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the rest of the episode, we wanted to take this little middle section of our episode, as always, to remind you guys that we are part of the oh-so-wildly popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, which has all kinds of awesome shows. If you go to robotsradio.net, you could see not only us, but a litany of other awesome shows that range from all kinds of other topics. So I implore you guys to go check them out. And uh, yeah, 
Here's an ad for one of our awesome shows that you can find there on the network. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amaran. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, all right. So, yeah, this week, now that we're through Doug's crazy, spicy hot take of the month, we are going to be talking about hybrid builds. And this is actually one of the most common like questions I see from people coming in. Like, can I do a hybrid build? Like... What do I have to just choose one thing, one attribute? And I feel like that kind of comes from other Elder Scrolls games, you know, like especially like Skyrim players. I myself am very bad at deciding things. Like I have a problem when it comes to decision like making when it like little things, you know, like big life things. I'll be like boom, boom, boom. But like. Do you want to make a magic or stamina? Like, I don't know. Like, I like both. Like, I want to be able to cast spells and shoot bows. I don't know. I want to do it all. That's how I played in Skyrim, at least. So, when I got to ESO, it was a bit of a learning curve to be like, okay, yeah, I want to do both, but it's hard. And that's kind of where we're going with this conversation, right? Yeah, the... uh Hybrid builds are very complex, but as with any build, you just have to work hard to, you know, try to just complete it, and it can be very rewarding if that's what you want. You know, you want to be a bow user and be throwing spells, or in my case, I want to jab somebody with a stamp, with my uh, stamplar jabs and then finish them off with the Jesus beam because I don't like executioner. I don't like the two-handed executioner, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think the general um, perspective from most of um, vets and that is the phrase, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And that's kind of the way that a lot of people look at hybrid builds is, oh, well, they're terrible because you're going to be losing that min-maxing. You're not going to be able to do this or that as, as, as well because you're going to be stretching across multiple resource pools or you're going to like have to let something slack because you're trying to build somewhere else, et cetera. So that's what makes like a hybrid build um, more complex and what makes it harder to make viable. But it is totally doable despite the fact that everybody else says that it's not. Yeah, and although it's not one of the most common things you might see out there, there are definitely people who utilize them and especially in pvp like that's where you're gonna see uh people doing some different kind of stuff some fun kind of stuff that's one of the great parts about pvp uh a lot of the pve stuff you will see people mostly doing like end game kind of you know pushing the numbers so they won't be going as much hybrid but the i that's not to say people don't do it. I've never met anyone who pushed like 30k DPS on a hybrid build, but I'm sure that Outcasts or Zyno probably could if they wanted to, you know? 
Yeah, currently really the only like acceptable concept of a hybrid build across the community is a tank because tanks literally have to be able to do everything. Um, but the the big thing about hybrid builds that we're talking about here is DPS, so making a DPS hybrid work. Yeah, or a PvP hybrid build, which I guess is also DPS, but yeah. I think you can make it work in a PvE one as well, too. It's just a little bit more effort. Yeah, and it's a yeah, a little bit more effort, more uh, probably more like dots. Back in like the dot meta, that'd probably been super broken if you could have like, you know, poison inject and then a few magic dots and then. Oh, so like if you're a magplar, you could have like a bow with the uh, poison inject. Have your vampire's bane. Have the uh, what is it? Mate, mate, uh, entropy. I think that would have been like crazy when the dot builds were broken. Just those three dots going off at the same time. Because, you know, dots are broken and they're doing like insane amounts of damage then. So, I do not do hybrid builds. I have not tried a hybrid build since pretty much the first time I played that I was just telling you guys about when I decided that I couldn't do it. So, I stopped. So, I am going to kind of hand this off to Dogden Graham because I have experienced multiple Graham hybrid builds, especially in PvP, that work well. And uh, Dogged was the one who brought up the topic. He's This is something that uh, he is also very interested in. So I will be interjecting, but uh, the floor is all your guys. Yeah, so like the biggest thing with hybrid builds is that you're going to be focusing on using both resource pools, both types of damage output. So generally speaking, for anybody, just to make sure we're all on the same page, like if you're going to do a weapon-based build or a stamina skill-based build, you're going to want as much stamina as possible. You're going to want high weapon crit and weapon damage, and then if and that includes any like stamina-based heals. And then if you are... A magic, you obviously want magicka and then spell crit, spell damage. Um, so you, when you're doing a hybrid, you're trying to get as much max stamina, as much max magic as possible, and you're trying to get very high um, spell and weapon damage and um, crit and pen, etc. So you're trying to get everything, which is a lot of stuff to try to boost. Um, and a lot of times that's attainable or doable through different sets. Um, Dog, what are some of the sets that come to mind for you? So uh, one that I kind of have down is a New Moon, and that gives you damage, uh, penetration, crit, and then its fifth piece is a lot of damage. I think it's like almost 500, but it also has a 5% extra cost to... Uh, all your skills which i like the set new moon but i like it for magicka or stamina builds yeah when i put new moon on my uh, hybrid templar uh it was just the five percent extra cost was just killer you can run cost reduction glyphs on your jewelry but you can only minimize of like one specific type per piece and you also kind of lose your uh, either recovery or damage that you could also place on the jewelry. So it's kind of, kind of like a just a tough choice to make. Yeah, and uh, for the um, 
five piece it's 481 if it's golded out and then you get like 129 from an earlier stamp so you're looking at um about 600 a little bit more than 600 um spell and weapon damage with that set but yeah it's five percent extra cost reduction which is going to be hard on a hybrid because that's for everything and you're already splitting your resource pools um, between two maxes so that makes sense sun's favor from Graymore is uh, during the PTS, and right now what that set's looking at is it gives you extra damage for both, extra penetration for both, more extra damage for both, and then the fifth piece give the fifth piece gives you about 13k of penetration to enemies that are off balance. Which this is a good set if you have a easy way to make a target off balance. It's inside of your rotation, and and I think my like, gap closer right now sets people off balance. So I might uh, switch to that over New Moon when that comes out. But definitely depends on what all changes from now to the Green War release date. Now. So we're talking about these hybrid builds and hybrid sets, but when I think hybrid, it's it seems nice to okay, yeah, I have all this weapon and spell damage, like I have a lot of both, but what is that gonna do if both your resource pools are you know like super low? Seems like. That's why running like New Moon or something will be really tough for a hybrid build, even though it increases both those other stats. Absolutely. And the common theme for a lot of the DLC craftables is that they made it so it would work for any type of build. I don't think they necessarily had hybrids in mind when they did a lot of them. Um, they just wanted to make them viable for either or any directional build. Um, so yeah, I think new moon seems like the obvious go-to because, uh, it's so common for a lot of DPS to use, but it is going to be harder on, um, a, uh, a hybrid, uh, you could offset it by trying to, um, counteract it by having, um, recovery. The plus side about being a hybrid and using both pools, even though you're generally going to have a less or the, you know, um, recovery, um, is going to be harder um you can if you're running low on stamina you start using your magicka dps and you can switch off of them um so it might be better to go in the route of like a higher recovery um for your build um and your rotation will be much more dynamic too so depending on like how quick your drain is on one bar versus the other you'll definitely swap around a little bit more um there um there are a few um very hybrid oriented sets in the game that exist but there's not a lot of them um there are a lot that will flex and can be used in hybrid builds but um like one of the good sustained ones that come to mind um is a dungeon set called amberplasm and it gives you um a lot of recovery for both resource pools um but it does have a couple of spots where it does like spell damage. So if you were going to use that with um, maybe Pelinal's Aptitude, which uh, Dog and I can talk about next, 
um, you might go more of a spell damage boosting route and you could use that set to offset, but then you wouldn't be using new moons. So it just kind of depends on where you go with your build. Yeah, so you could kind of focus one side more than the other. But yeah, like you said, they have been kind of doing with the DLC crafted sets, like one that kind of does this. And they've, you could tell that they've been like really testing their feet in like different kind of ways. Cause you have things like Shackle Breaker, which are like, oh, here's like some of these certain things. And they work for like back and forth for all of them. And then they did, um, I think that was with Morrowind, or maybe it was even earlier, like uh, Imperial City kind of stuff. But then they didn't do it for a bit. And then with Somerset, we get Slodes. And I think that this is kind of like, considering the uh, last uh, student's favor set and New Moon that Dog was talking about, it seems like the last time they really made one that at all kind of had hybrid in mind. Because it gives you um, max magicka and then max stamina and then a four item of spell damage and weapon damage and then a five piece that does like oblivion damage for a uh, superfluous thing which you know doesn't really have a hybrid thing but it just does overall damage regardless so that kind of gave you a bit of each and then both of each and then more damage overall. And I think that is kind of like that would be really where you want like a hybrid set to land is kind of what I would think. Yeah, and that's possible. I mean, they they definitely had some sets in between. Like one of the sets that I have noted um, is from Clockwork, which is a two trait, which is super easy to use for like anybody who's even just starting. Um, and that's from um, Clockwork. Um, and it, it boosts um, damage, but it's very class skill oriented. So innate uh, axiom gives you at the two piece magicka and then stamina, similar to slowed's, and then four piece gives you crit for both um, spell and weapon, and then the fifth one adds four hundred spell and weapon damage to your class abilities so if you're doing a hybrid that uses a lot of class abilities axiom is a pretty decent set um because it's going to boost everything um and then like shackle breaker um as you mentioned is also really good just kind of sustain because it's going to give a significant boost to both resources and it gives you a little bit of recovery um as well as some damage um, so Shacklebreaker is a big one as well that will probably be used um, with a lot of hybrids that need more resources or sustain. Dog, do you want to tell everybody about um, Pelinals? Because that's like the quintessential hybrid set that most hybrid builds tend to try to use. Yeah, so Pelinals Aptitude, it has a 1206 max health. Uh, it has a stam recovery for the third piece. Uh, for the fourth piece, it has magical recovery. And then the fifth piece is your weapon and spell damage of both becomes the highest of the two values. And uh, these here are just kind of my a couple of thoughts that I had on the set is uh, I'd, I'd like to see uh, kind of just a re rework of this set entirely because they have like more uh sustain have like more recovery and more resources and maybe add like crit to it as well because 
as we were mentioning, like, uh, I think what I, right now on my uh, hybrid Templar, it's like, I think I have like 35% crit, but only like 10 or 15% Magicka crit. And it's uh, very, very low, especially for like PvP matters where, you know, it's not very helpful to have only 15% crit and having like 35, 40% would be much nicer, especially if I could apply it to both sides. Yeah. I mean, I could see a rework too. I, um, I think having those recovery areas being more, um, extra damage would make more sense for the synergy of its own set because it's already talking about boosting, um, damage. So having it, build that damage would make sense as well but crit is something that you do have to try to build up for when you use pelinals because it isn't there so i could see that too yeah yeah and uh like pretty much like the way that you get crit is uh your armor if you do light armor you get uh uh you get or you get spell crit and it gives you a flat bonus of i think 2100 maybe 2200 something around that and then uh weapon crit from the medium ar- armor gives you about a hundred per piece. So yeah, so I think it's only like five hundred or no that doesn't sound right. Uh I think when you have all three in that first one for a medium armor, each one gives you like three sixty something, which is like one and a half percent uh crit. Yeah. So that'd be like fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred. So yeah, I think that that makes more sense. Yeah, so uh, yeah, pretty much like your uh, crit is kind of based off on what your armor is, and if you have the, if you're using medium armor, you could have that mu- that much crit. Plus, you uh, medium armor gives you the like 15% bonus to weapon damage, so that's always good. And then if the Pelinol did the weapon damage or in spell damage, and then weapon crit and spell crit becoming the highest two then that'd really help out your uh, hybrid build. If it definitely matched the crit and the damage, it'd be a much easier way to build hybrids, 100% with that set. Another way that they could uh, maybe like implement that is uh, making a new monster set or a mythic item, because I'd assume that the, they're not done with mythic items. They might add them in, in like later on, like... You know, like there's gonna be so much room for opportunity for adding more mythic items as the series goes on. So I could easily see them making a mythic item for like maybe maybe it's just the crit, and then you somehow mix and match that with uh, your hybrid build. So with Greymore coming up, they are coming out with the Indeco Enchanting Rune, which is a step in the right direction for not only tanks but also the hybrid builds that we're talking about. What this glyph will do is that it'll give you prismatic recovery and prismatic uh, reduced spell cost, which will be super nice to just have your uh, all your recovery bumped up and your uh, skill is costing less. So one of the problems I was running on my hybrid Templar is that, you know, I was trying to balance, okay, do I want recovery? Do I want magicka or stamina or spell cost now i can have one thing of prismatic recovery maybe two things of reduced spell cost and that'll be super nice to just use that and then yeah 
maybe and then you can have infuse on the jewelry and that'll be super helpful too yeah i think it'll be really great especially like you said for tanks um, but also hybrid builds um, which would be really nice um, it reminds me of uh, similar to like the Kaji racial passive where they get three stat recovery, which is really cool. Um, honestly, when you're doing like a hybrid, any race really could work. Um, Wood Elf and Breton seem like the least lackluster. Um, but yeah, I mean, your hybrid build is going to have a lot of variation. Um, except if you use uh, Pelinol, which is like the main thing people use when they make hybrids. Because like you were saying, when you're using uh, Pelinols, you are finding other areas were lacking and like you wish you had other areas. So when you build for Pelinols, you're pretty much going to stack either spell or weapon damage. And there might be a reason to do one or the other. Like, for example, um, Templar class gets... Um, 6% boost to weapon damage. So if you're doing a hybrid Templar, you pretty much should be stacking weapon damage. Um, or if you are a high elf, you're going to get a natural boost to weapon damage or to spell damage. So you'll probably want to boost spell damage in your non-Pelinal set um, or for your Mundus. Um, but if you're using Pelinal, you can either use like Apprentice or Warrior to further boost that. Um, or um, the other two Munduses that make sense are Thief, because it boosts both Spell and Weapon Crit, or Lover, which is Spell and Weapon um, Penetration. Um, and because of that, um, Pelinal with Twiceborn Star um, is pretty good combo, because then you can e either take both the crits and both the pens, and then you can just focus on um, spell or weapon damage through glyphs and um, your other set. Um, and then you can just make everything divines. But unfortunately, that does not do as well in PvP. Um, but with the upcoming changes to um, impen and trying to make other traits more viable, it maybe it maybe it does. So that's what's really interesting about um, a palinol based build. I've done so many palinol based builds. Yeah, I mean, there are some uh, sets, hybrid sets that exist in the game already. Um, Undaunted Infiltrator and Undaunted Weaver, which come from uh, Blackheart and Arcs, some vanilla um, dungeons. Those are the ones that do like extra damage to your light attacks um, and when you use an ability that uses stamina. But all of like the stamina ones are light armor and it gives like spell crit. And then the opposite one, that's medium armor, has max magicka, but does weapon crit. But it's all about your light attack damage, light attack and heavy attacks doing more damage after you use an ability that costs either stamina or magicka. So those exist, but almost everybody, because nobody uses hybrids, literally forget that they exist and just trash them immediately because they're really weird. Um, there's also um, from Cold Harbor Overland, Prisoner's Rags and um, Stygian. And Prisoner's Rags has been used a long time ago on werewolf builds because it's light armor. So then you could benefit from the passives for your heal, um, the Hercene heal. Um, but then it gives you like stamina recovery and max stamina and things like that, which will help most of your skills as a werewolf. So that was kind of a weird, interesting one too. So a lot of people would do Prisoner's Rags with Pelinol as a werewolf build, which has been interesting, which is exclusively for the heal of 
werewolf in the past when it didn't scale off of max health. Um, but that's kind of moot now. So that's why you don't really see anybody talk about it anymore. And then Stygian is really weird because it's a medium armor set, but it seems like it was created for night blades, but magic night blades, but it's a medium armor set, which is weird. Yeah. A lot of those, uh, kind of older sets were a weird kind of almost a swing and a miss. I mean, it's like they wanted to be hybrid, but they weren't really sure how to do it. So that was like their first try. Yeah, it's it clearly intended to be for hybrid builds, but then just the natural nature of the way the game ended up being, like they're just they don't make sense. Um, but you could probably rework these into a hybrid build if you wanted to. These are in-game sets that exist. There's two dungeon sets and there's two overland sets. Um, the Stygian one, um, I don't really know. Um, how that one really fits in um i mean medium armor has like sneak bonuses but it's probably more pve than pvp because it gives you spell damage max magicka max stamina and then while you're sneaking or invisible your damage done with magicka abilities is increased by 20 percent, which is huge amount um so it just seems like it was meant for like a mag blade pve but like soloing or something. It's a really weird set. It's very, very, very niche. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of building your own um, hybrid, like, well, I want to try it. What what can I use? What can I do? Um, there's a lot of builds out there that use Pelinol. If you look up builds in Pelinol, you'll find a bunch of them. Um, but, um, other things that you can do like more easily, like crafted sets, um, dog mentioned new moon acolyte, that will be good for making you hit really hard, but it will come at a cost. Um, so you can try that one. Um, if you're doing like a hybrid build that you're using almost all class skills, like say you like some of the, um, stam plar uh, morphs, like, um, you like, uh, the, blinding pillar and you like the um javelin that doesn't knock people back for whatever reason but you want sweeps to heal you and so you have to use the magical one or you really like the execute but you want to use that with jabs um then you could use innate axiom um or like a lot of um dk's use a lot of class skills um so you could use innate axiom because it will boost your weapon damage on um your class skills um, also, um, from Southern elsewhere, like new moon acolyte, um, Darren Corsair, um, is a build that focuses on recovery, um, and sustain, but also rewards you for using weapon skills. So if you're doing a very weapon skill heavy, um, build, like you're not using many class skills, they might be on just slotted for passives. Um, and you're using a lot of like two-handed skills and you want a staff, like, no, I want to be able to have wall of elements or I want to have a resto so I can heal. Um, during Corsair, it gives you recovery for both, uh, it gives you crit for both, and then it reduces the cost of your abilities by 10% for magic and stamina. So you get a huge cost reduction from it. And whenever you use a weapon ability, you get minor heroism for five seconds. So you get... Um, ultimate every 1.5 seconds while in combat and it has like um a 100 uptime basically so you can always be building ultimate by healing or doing damage or whatever so if you're doing like a weapon skills hybrid corsair could work you would just want to pair it with some type of damage set 
Um, and then Shackle Breaker, we mentioned, is really good for sustain um, in general. And then, um, you know, thinking more about um, some of the things that like Dog shared about, like the problems with um, New Moon's Acolyte, um, or if you are using Pelinols and you're building very heavy towards um, weapon or spell damage, there's really only a few sets that seem decent on a um, hybrid for monster sets. Um, and that those are Slimecrawl, Slimecraw, Grundolf, and Kina, and they're all good for different reasons. So like Grundolf, um, it gives you extra crit um, for both. And then when you deal crit damage, you restore um, up to a thousand magicka or stamina, whichever is higher, but you also gain 500 of the other resource and that can occur every five seconds. So if you're doing, if you have a high enough crit, um, you can basically build in your own sustain by using both pools through Grundolf. Um, but of course the requirement is that you're dealing crit damage. So you need to make sure that your crit is high enough, um, which you could do through the Thief Mundus. Um, and then Slimecraw also does crit and for both, um, but, and it gives you minor berserk at all times. So it just increases your damage done by eight. So if you want to be, if you're, sets and everything build you for sustain, um, Slimegraw can give you that output that you need. And then um, Molekina um, gives you damage for both. And then when you deal damage to consecutive light attacks, you trigger overkill for six seconds, um, which increases your spell damage by 516, but it also increases the cost of your abilities by 8%. So if you're like, well, I don't wanna use new moon, but I kind of want that big boost um, to damage and still have like that cost, you could use Molekina. Um, its cost is gonna be higher than um, new moon and the damage boost is not gonna be as high and you're not gonna get that pen um, at all. Um, but it only takes two slots instead of five. So it's a possible option um, to use with like Pelinol because uh, it would boost that, but you're going to need a sustain set 100% as your other five piece. So those are some different ones that you can try. There's lots of craftable ones, like Dog said, and um, those are the sets that I recommend. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add on that note. Uh, just that I'd probably be trying to use uh, Grendwolf on my... Uh... On my hybrid Templar, um, that's just something I was looking into, and I actually just need to get shoulders for, and yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, you guys presented a lot of options. I was surprised that you guys didn't bring up Twiceborn more. That's uh, that's one of my favorites as far as hybrids. Yeah, Dog really likes Twiceborn. I don't like it as much, and the only time that I've ever used it is when I've used Pelinol. And, I mean, it makes sense for Pelinol a lot. Um but um, for me, depending on the build, because Twiceborn is such eggs in one basket like Palinol, that it's, it's really demanding. Because if you do it, you have to use Divines. It doesn't give you anything else except resources. So you'd have to use it if you really wanted both Mundus. And like, for example, like, let's look at Amberplasm or whatever. Like, if I use like the Serpent Mundus, I get 258 um, at base. So without any other Divines um, recovery, I can get 258 um, recovery from Amberplasm for both resources. 
without any divines. So it just kind of depends on your build. Twiceborn can work. When I made my PvP hybrid DK, I used Pelinol and Twiceborn Star, and it was great. But I took crit damage horrifyingly well. Like, I got wrecked on crit because I didn't have the impen. But yeah, like I said, I mean, if you can stack your weapon damage with Palinol through like jewelry glyph, uh, glyphs and stuff like that, and then you use Twiceborn Star and you did Thief and Lover, I mean, you're going to get a lot of penetration, a lot of crit, and you'll still have pretty high damage. Um, but then you don't have as much source of recovery. So that's kind of where the balance is. But yeah, Twiceborn Star is a great one to bring up. What do you think about Twiceborn Star for hybrids, Dogged? Pretty much the same thing. Like I was never really into it for the uh vet PvP, so I uh don't really like it for it. But now that uh now that they're adding impen to like your basic buffs, um I might actually try it again. Maybe I might start using that one too. Uh I don't know. It'll definitely be like you know, it'll be a wait and see, kinda see like how much uh and pen we get once Graymore releases. So, yeah. Good question, Bob. So that is going to pretty much wrap it up for us tonight. We hope you guys got all kinds of information about hybrid builds. These are all the cool kind of sets you could do. These are two people who have worked hard to run hybrid builds before and make them work. So you can take their word for it. They are they are crazy, honestly. Hybrid builds are tough, and they put in the work. And it, honestly, you can make them work. Like you just gotta put in the work, just like if you were trying to be an end game, anything else, you know. And like Doc said earlier, it is rewarding when you get a build that works, and you're like, everyone's like, oh, hybrid builds don't work, and you're like, well, duel me, and I'll wreck you right now, you know. Like it, it feels good. It's cool. Uh, dogged. If people want to come tell you how uh spicy your hot take is this month, where can they uh find our show on social media? They can find our show on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. They can find our show on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier, and then they can also find us at our Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond which they can join using the Robots Radio Discord on robotsradio.net. On robotsradio.net, where you could go to the one and only Red Diamond Courier channel and tag Dog Bob and Graham and be like, hey guys, you are either awesome or horrible, depending on, you know, what you think of Dog's voice. I'm just kidding. But yeah, come hang out with us. Come uh, talk Elder Scrolls. We're always replying uh, when people come hang out there. And yeah, uh, we also have in the show notes of our episode a link to our merch store and a link to the uh, information for our music producer. And if you go do either of those things, uh, check out some TRDC merch and some swag, then that helps us. Save for Dog's sparkly new mic that he... Uh, will not stop talking about even though he doesn't already have and uh as far as our show we would also greatly greatly appreciate if you guys could go leave us a review anywhere you listen to the cast it would be especially appreciated like greatly greatly appreciated if you guys could drop us a five-star review 
or you know whatever however many stars just a review on apple podcast and uh if you leave a five star with some words we'll shout you out um we had a couple recently more and you know they just keep stacking and it just you know totally makes our day when everyone comes in so we appreciate it thank you guys for taking the time and thank you guys for joining us this week to hear us talk about some more stuff uh we had our awesome friend grandma in this week grandma's on where can people catch you my friend um, I'm pretty much anywhere on the internet as Grammaton Dryad, G-R-A-M-M-A-T-O-N-D-R-Y-A-D. Sometimes it's all pushed together, sometimes there's an underscore, sometimes there's a space, but if you type in it in, it'll show up. So, yep, come bug me about theory crafting or whatever you want. And Dogged, what about you, bud? You can find me on Xbox of at DoggedMark24. Uh, you can find me, uh, you might be able to find me murdering sheep or murdering the, uh, gamblers at, where is it, uh, at Hadron's Caravan. And then you can find me on Twitter of at DogBark24. And as for me, it's going to be Bob Chichinsky everywhere, Xbox, Bob Chichinsky, Twitter, and Twitch. You're going to be seeing me on Bob underscore Chichinsky. I still got some time to stream this week. I've been streaming like crazy, getting close to affiliate, actually, which would be freaking insane, something I never thought would happen. So, yeah, come hang out and uh, say what's up. We had one person actually come in and tell us that they thought the podcast is awesome. I think it was uh, Don Mac. Thank you, man. That was so cool. That literally made my day. But yeah, so thank you guys for the support. And we will continue to put out the awesomeness for you. We can't wait to talk at your ear holes next week already. And I'm literally still doing it right now. (laughs) Yes, yes you are. Thanks to Graham and Dog for joining me. And yeah, hope you guys stay safe and stay home. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. 
one wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasting thing.